everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. You know, look, we are so close to the Andor series. So close. So close. Come closelier. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy how close we are to uh, getting new Star Wars content. Um... And we're just so excited about it, aren't we? I mean, I legitimately <laughs> am a lot more excited than you're portraying it. <laughs> no, I know. I like to be a downer. Uh, no, I, I'm excited. I'm actually very excited for Andor. I'm kind of happy that we're that we are getting new new content. Um, because boy, oh boy, is all well, not all of it, but most of the new content that's just being put out today, like most of the new shows that are like new right now, God, they're getting ripped apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you referring to just Star Wars or kind of everything in general? No, everything in general, because <laughs> we've got <clears throat> so the the uh, Game of Thrones, the uh, what is it called? Uh, House of Dragon. House of Dragon. So that I've heard good things about. I haven't watched yeah, it I yet. Yeah, I mean, general general reception to that's pretty good. I think it's a pretty good show so far. Which is relatively hilarious to me because, so Matt Smith, who's, he's Damon Targaryen, right? Yes. So Matt Smith also was in that, that uh, Morbius movie. And mm. I remember reading something about how the director of that movie said that Matt Smith was a terrible actor or couldn't act or acted bad or something like that. Like he wasn't good in that movie, which is hilarious because I, I he's I don't know if he's my he. Well, no, he is not my favorite Doctor Who, but he was really great in Doctor Who. And then I hear nothing but accolades coming from from this new House of the Dragon show. So. That's yeah, I personally great. think he plays a really good psychopath, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, the blonde wig is extremely, extremely distracting. It's terrible on him. There is not. There are not very many people. Terrible on everyone. Yeah, there are not <laughs> too many people who can bad. do bleach blonde. Period. Yeah, yeah, but I think uh, his acting is on point with any of our favorites from the original series. I mean. I would compare him to, I mean, I'd kind of put him up there, rank him like with Littlefinger. Okay. And yeah, I mean, he's, I've been nothing but impressed. Good. Other than that show, though, everything else is kind of garbage right now. Just a hot mess. Well, so you you have She-Hulk, which. I haven't heard anything good about that. Well, uh, and and I'm not interested in in Marvel really right now in general. And it's nothing about anything. I just don't really care. Uh, they killed off Iron Man, and that's about that's I'm good. I'll watch Spider Man with, with, yeah, with Tom Holland maybe. Um, but She Hulk, I mean, like legitimately, they had her twerking in an episode. Apparently, isn't it's it like, with like a rapper? Yeah, yeah, I think Megan it's the Megan Stallion, Stallion or something. Yeah, yeah, and it's like okay. which is hilarious in concept, but I don't want to watch it. No, I'm good. And then, so I, I have watched two episodes of the Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings Rings of Power show. Yeah. So how is it? So I mean, I'll say this: I, I think that the first two episodes are, <clears throat> I think they're good. I think they're really good if you take them for 
for what they are. <clears throat> like the the show wasn't made for people who've read like all the books and the Silmarillion and all that. It's not really for that. Um, but if you just take it for what it is, it's actually a really entertaining show. I'm, I mean, uh, the, sh- the new show, new episodes, I think come out on Fridays. So episode three should be out today, I think. But like, I watched the first two episodes. We, me and a girlfriend sat down and watched them and it was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is pretty good. But you have a, like, you have a mad obsessive Gladriel who is a warrior, which is, a million miles away from what she was in Lord of the Rings, which to be fair, they have very long lives and I can kind of understand that you could change, but it was just such a stark difference. Um, I definitely felt like Gladriel was going to make or break the show in a way. I mean, I don't know if necessarily they're centering around the character, but they are quite a bit. They are. Yeah. And they have a character worth centering around. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I, I like Gladriel. I mean, I, She's she's a good care. I I personally I would have rather uh, maybe had other. I don't know too much about the second age. It's supposed to be second age. I don't know too much about all the characters that we would necessarily see. And I and w- I think we've only scratched the surface in the first two episodes. But it was a lot of Galadriel. Um, we did have a younger Elrond, um, which I think is is interesting, and his dealings with uh, with Prince Durin. Uh, of of the dwarves who um, mm-hmm. I think was pretty good. I, I like the stuff with the dwarves. And uh, another big sticking point is they cast. Uh, ooh, I don't uh, hold on. Uh, let me see if I can come up with her name. Uh, Rings of Power cast, perhaps. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, uh, do Not you Not necessarily do you know? a very popular character. I no, it's, it's like, right do, away. no, it, I, I just typed in the wrong thing. It's like, do you know how to Google? So Sophia <laughs> Nomveta or Nomvedi, um, who plays basically Dwarven, essentially by proxy princess because she's married to Durin, uh, Disa. Um, and I know some people are in a bit of an uproar about that. And they, I see, a, I see her face on a lot of the thumbnails, but I actually found the character, the character so far, like really enduring. She's like really nice. She's mm-hmm. like just a really nice dwarf dwarven, you know, uh, person in the show. And it's like, okay, well that's not a huge problem. Um, there was one part. So we have another, there's like three or four separate storylines in that show. It's kind of crazy. We have one storyline that follows the actor's name is uh, Ishmael Cruz Cordova, who plays an elf, uh, Aaron And he has this sort of like love interest with, a just a, a human, Mm-hmm. in the in the uh village that he protects uh that they're actually pulling away from because the whole thing is that they've defeated Morgoth and they've driven Sauron who was Morgoth's lieutenant away and they think he's destroyed but he's clearly not obviously we know that <laughs> um so the elves are actually pulling back from all the far reaches and everything they they're basically just pulling back Starting to their to lands back to their kingdoms yeah and so Arendir is 
kind of reluctant because he's got this little girlfriend, uh, Bronwyn, who has a, a, a kid. And I just, I looked at her and, and Bronwyn is played by uh, Nazanin Bond. Bandari, Bandari. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. She looks way too modern. <laughs> like they showed her and I was like, okay, who entered the cosplay contest? I don't know what it was. It's like, I'm not trying to dog her or anything, but I was like, she does not look natural to this era for some right. reason. She's very pretty. Like too much makeup and clean cut or. I, I, yeah. I, you just have to per- see perfect it. Perfect eyebrows and middler. Yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> yes, that's kind of like manicured in, in some way. Yeah. Not terrible or anything. It's just different than what you would right. expect. Um, but she's so like, like an I'm apothecary sure or something. Okay. So I'm sure I'm going to get destroyed in the comments for this, but I get really hazy on timelines with Lord of the Rings. Um, would this like have Kella Brimbor in it? Correct. Like, yes. would it be the right timeline? Is he in it, or has he not been revealed yet? Or, um, let me see. So, Celebrimbor, yes. So we do, yeah, we do meet Celebrimbor, and effectively at this point, uh, Celebrimbor is working with Elrond to create like the Forge of All Forges. Okay. So yes, he's in it. Uh, Gil- uh, Gilgalad's in it. Um. A couple of others, uh, but I'd have to really look through all this stuff. But um, honestly, just uh, having him in the show would make me want to watch it. He's always been, even though he's not necessarily the most interesting character, I always just thought he was a pretty cool character. Obviously, he's got a big part to play in the story. So, yeah, yeah that would be pretty cool. I'll definitely yeah. have to check that out. And then, kind of the other part of this is we do have hobbits <clears throat> or something like hobbits. And we you follow can mess a character up so quickly. Well, th- th- we <laughs> so follow easily. we mainly follow a character. Her name is Nori, and what looks to be Gandalf, who has like plummeted okay. like a literal meteor to Earth. He does make the 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 F symbol. That's Gandalf's symbol. But he <laughs> really? yeah he can't talk right now. Like he can talk to animals and stuff. Like he talks to fireflies. But he can't like speak the tongue of man. Who did they cast? Uh, to be honest, I don't. I don't really remember. I, I don't. I don't remember. But did the, they at least like make him look similar to an extent? And kind like, of, kind of height and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I'm not mad at it. But again, it might not be Gandalf. And they also have. They showed several shots of a, of a meteor and the theory is is that it's actually all the wizards coming down or the uh okay. what, what is it there the the sorry or uh what are they called um uh it's it's yeah, not I'm sorry sure. or maybe it, let, let me let me let me look let me look that up uh and see see what he would be because you know they have tier basically like tier rankings right um so gandalf the gray later again the white original name is uh a lord olorin olorin uh istar so he he's uh he's a part of the the istar and okay. let me let me just bump back here uh yeah anyway i'm not i'm not too i'm not too sure but 
Um, it also looks like from the cast list, we do have a young Isildur, which is interesting. Ooh. Okay. I think I I I think what some people's complaint right now is for the lore heavy folks is that I don't believe that the Istar came to Middle Earth in the Second Age. Um, so there's maybe a little bit of muddling there, but I, I, I'm not unhappy about the show. Like, I don't think that it's terrible. Some of the pacing could be better. Um, well, isn't it considered to be an adaptation anyway? I mean, it's not really adding yeah, to the canon. Yeah, but right? you, you know how you know how people get, but of course you could look at Peter Jackson's interpretation of not only the Lord of the Rings, but then probably more so in The Hobbit and things that he did differently. Um the uh the female elf who had this sort of sort of love story with one of the dwarves she wasn't a real character in the books they made her up for mm-hmm. the movie um so yeah there's there's a little bit of that back and forth um kind of like uh you know the, these aren't real and blah 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 so it is what it is um yeah there you, you should you should watch it though and then maybe we can speak on it next next week or whatever if you if you have the time. Um, yeah, definitely. Because I'd like to hear your opinion on it. But I I kind of enjoyed myself. I I sort of enjoyed everything. Um, Galadriel's played by more. I think it's Morfid Clark. It's M O R F Y D D. Yeah, I did see a Morfid. picture of that, and uh, she definitely looks like the original actress, so I was pretty impressed by that. It seems like they're putting effort into the aesthetics of each character, which is extremely yeah. important, I think, for anything related to Lord of the Rings. Well, and then quick connection here, though. Robert uh, Ar- Armeo, who plays Elrond, was uh, young uh, Ned Stark in the flashbacks in Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. So at any rate, it is, I feel like it's an interesting, interesting show. Yes, it's not all original. And I, I would I, definitely go into it expecting it to be, you know, heavily adapted. Yeah, I but, mean, that's what I expect from really any TV show at this point, other right. than maybe the Star Wars shows. They're trying mm-hmm. to be a little more true to lore, but most shows just don't do that, honestly. Yeah, yeah but it, it's just that, you know, you have the crowds. Um, you have one crowd that says representation is very, very important and you have to have it. And then you have to have, you have the other crowd that says, well, but if you actually go by the writings, elves are white, right? You know, I mean, there, there, there's, there's really well, not any I mean, latitude say it, because they're like angels they're... and that's how they yeah. described them. And Tolkien was religious. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, when you talk about different races of characters like that, going off anything based off of like, you know, whatever you want to say, D&D, Skyrim, uh, Lord of the Rings, all that stuff, typically elves would have multiple different subsets of elf. You know, you'd have a wood elf that would be well, a little were, more dark yes. skin. You'd, you had dark elf yeah. that would be literally ashen or black skin. You'd have your general elf would be white. I mean, it's not... I don't find that to be racist. It's just a way to describe a character in a way. I mean, it's, it's, it's all hard though, you know, because again, the two camps are just so vocal either way, 
personally, I just want to see, can you act? Is the story good? I wouldn't call it a masterpiece, but I would say that it is entertaining so far. And while we really already had the masterpiece in the trilogy, I don't expect, (laughs) I don't expect them to ever top that. And I really would be, it'd be kind of pathetic for them to try. I agree. But like, I I heard some weird stuff. Like I heard uh, and saw a few people like, Oh, you can't make Elrond black. It's like, well, they didn't. What are, what are you talking about? So I, I don't know. It's just that there is a um, there are the only thing that gets a little confusing to me is with the hobbits. Um, and it seems like one, they're nomadic. So they're not mm-hmm. they, they don't stay in like there's no like hobbits up their little possibly villages. right now. Yeah. Um, and they hide. They hide from people like there. I don't remember if it was the first scene in the first episode, but there were two hunters with these giant horns on their backs. And um, when they went past, then the village kind of comes to life and they're moving around. But, you know, they, there are a lot of the, the family units are just mixed all over the place. And um, it, it became a little bit it's like. So is everybody like everybody's aunt, uncle, cousin, grandpa thing? I was a little. So they made them nomadic Smurfs, basically. Oh, t- <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. But there, there are a couple of uh, black characters to play uh, hobbits. Lemmy Henry, who plays uh, Sadik Burroughs. Um, jeez, uh, I'm not quite sure which. Uh, Sarah. Ooh, that's a that's a name. Uh, Zwango Bonnie. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I'm not sure if the Z is supposed to be silent or pronounced, but she plays Marigold Brandyfoot. Um, mm-hmm. And there, there are a couple of other ones. And I th- think Marigold might have been what looked like to be the mother of Nori, but they're two very, there's like no resemblance Distinct at all. people. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, 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 I would be interested to hear more on what their vision was for the hobbits, because it just seems like to me, if I had to look at it from a front face, maybe it's just more of a, everybody in the communities, kind of like if you're older, your mom, dad, aunt, uncle, depending on your closeness or whatever and maybe it's not so much like family units also be or something like age based too kind of i'm not sure i would like to I, I, at a certain age you're just like most people's uncle yeah depending on your relationship with them yeah that that yeah uh, that could I be i feel like that's really a hobbit trade i mean i don't know a whole lot about hobbits to be honest but yeah I, i'm not sure i i would have to like look a little bit further in that maybe they'll maybe they'll distinguish that throughout the show but yeah, the hobbits were were interesting. Um, the the Sadik Burrows, he has like a like a prophecy book, and like a lot of what he's seeing is coming true, which is kind of interesting. So mm-hmm. it, it's 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 an interesting show. I think it's worth the watch. It'd, it'd be kind of cool to see if it got popular enough that maybe they would come out with a uh, kind of like a director's interview type episode like star wars has been doing with their shows maybe to explain things like that a little better and kind of go through the the casting choices and yeah you know everyone's vision on it well i think that'd be kind of cool for something like this that would be so lore heavy yeah well let's just put it this way that probably wouldn't go over very well because the ratings are not good necessarily like right now so rotten tomatoes 
84% for critics, 39% audience score. Wow. I mean, that, and, and, and listen to this. So for the critics, 288 reviews, which is typical. There's not a lot of critics, but 23,071 ratings for the audience. (laughs) That is substantial. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, I, I, I honest, I honest to God don't know. And, and I gotta say, I'm not sure what the heck, like, uh, Rotten Tomatoes is doing with their scoring and everything. Cause like there are some shows you look in here and like, they'll just have the score, but they won't show you like how many, like how many votes and everything are for what I, I don't, I Rotten Tomatoes is kind of garbage if I'm being honest, but like, um, it's odd they don't filter it that way. Yeah. I mean, IMDB has it at a 6.7 out of 10. Out of, uh, oh, get this, 131,000 votes on IMDb. No. 131,000 votes on IMDb. How many episodes are we in? Two. Two. Well, technically the third Two. third episode uh, dropped today. Dropped today. And and here's the wow. other thing. Here's the other thing, too, though. And this is IMDb. Episodes one and two are holding at a 7.3, respectively. 7.3. So, so some of that is... this not well... Well, received. you can just rate the season and not the episode. Oh, okay. On IMDb. So I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see as we go around. Uh, whatever this is that comes up on Google is a 3.2, which I presume is out of 5, out of 12,546 ratings. So it's such a mixed bag. The critics really pumped it up, but the audiences are not necessarily being kind. Well, I think a critic isn't going to be so much of a lore Nazi as any (laughs) (laughs) general fan would be. So that makes a lot of sense. And that kind of tells you what the issue is with the show. Yeah. One thing I will say about that and uh, House of Dragon and all that is one thing that you and I will appreciate. We're finally starting to get back to weekly drops. I know. It's so nice. It's about time that people got tired of that. Although I will say... House of Dragon has the worst drop possible. It's 9 o'clock on Sundays. A.M. or P.M.? P.M. Oh, it's that's 9 p.m. Dumb. on a Sunday. That's a California I, thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Call me old. On Sunday, I want to get the best sleep possible to start my yeah, work you, week. Yeah, so I'm start, not yeah. interested in staying up till like 10, 10.30 to watch it. <laughs> that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Yeah. But I don't really remember what game of thrones drop schedule was but i feel like it was during the week or maybe friday yeah i i yeah i can't remember i do feel that it was more reasonable at the time but i, I could be wrong it's it's been yeah. it's actually been some time <laughs> it has but yeah so uh, nice to see getting back to some normal schedules for shows obviously we're getting the same with uh and or and well after we get three episodes what is it how many yeah. episodes are we getting? It's three it's episode three drop, right? and then three episode drop, and then nine consecutive weeks of one episode. Yeah, I can't stand that. Well, because they pushed and it back the same way they did with uh, with uh, Kenobi. I don't, I don't like yeah. that they do that. It's like just put it out. Like it's already done. Yeah. Don't put it out. It, it kind of defeats the purpose. Like, 
oh, this is making up for us being three weeks late, so we're going to give you three episodes. No. Right. No, that is not what I want. Yep. It's a little <laughs> Don't annoying. Don't give me a quarter of it all at once. Very I true. I will say one thing. This, this, this book, I won't really talk about how I feel about it right away, but it kind of bums me out that we read this book and then not really any of it will pertain to Andor. Hmm. Realistically, like none of it will. Mm-hmm. It's a good tie-in. It makes you think of Rogue One, obviously, but it just bums me out that we don't have anything else on Jin or Galen, because <sighs> they they are obviously not Jin in this book. But Galen is a really interesting character. Ga- yeah, Galen is a very interesting character. Really makes you wonder what could have happened if we had done a TV show based around him, basically through the lens of what we read in this book. Yeah, that would have been fascinating. Absolutely. Not to discredit Andor, but could have been something we had. Yeah, very true. Well, anyway, that was about 25 minutes of of just random (laughs) talking. So let's go ahead and make it a little bit longer. So how's uh, how's your week been? That's weird. I can actually talk about more of my week. I really don't have a lot more to talk about because we're further into the week. I've just been uh, doing extremely boring slog work on school throughout this week but saturday was good i got to go to swappers day never actually been so that was a interesting yeah yeah experience cool ended up uh buying a nice cutting board and a 22 for the boy for his birthday got a really good deal on that already buying some accessories so only problem was we spent two and a half hours in our car getting in and out Yeah, it is. 45 minutes just to get out of there. They had a bunch of 15 year olds directing traffic and they weren't really well trained. So that was a bit frustrating. It kind of messed up our plans for our anniversary. We had a few things planned, but it was okay. It was still a fun time. Yeah, the the traffic in and out of there can definitely be pretty nuts. No doubt about that. Yeah, not a whole lot other than that. Uh, Okay. Didn't really watch a Buckeyes game or do anything super exciting over the weekend, so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. I. Mainly my uh, weekend, which was you know sort of extended out with time off, was concerned with uh, getting the house ready, um, which came down to the wire. It was frustrating. It was not fun. But it is done now and um, should be listed this weekend. Oh, so you postponed listing it. Okay. No, I didn't post. I, I thought maybe you. No, I didn't postpone listing it. This weekend was to actually like finish all the projects and stuff and get it cleared out. So, gotcha. and then today the photographer should have been down to take pictures. And okay, I got that mixed up. I thought that was last Friday. Nah, that doing no, no, no. That. Yeah, th- this, this Friday. So. It, it's it's on schedule but it, it took a lot and um, yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy so that that took a lot out of us obviously without uh, without Ashley it wouldn't have really came off as well she did a lot helped out a lot so that was nice cool, um, cool. and it was her birthday this weekend too so I rewarded all of her stuff with just work um, but <laughs> we actually went Wonderful uh, gift. Well, we went out on Sunday. We went to uh, Hyde Park downtown, which is, I guess, considered like either the number one or number two steakhouse in Columbus. Um, mm-hmm. Had a fantastic meal. I got uh, I got 
I got uh, it was like the Jack Nicholas steak. I don't re- I don't remember <laughs> it had it had like this sauce on it. It was like a uh, I I don't I don't remember. I'd have to I'd have to look it up. But it was fantastic. It was a strip, really yeah. good strip, uh, with the sauce and little red peppercorns and stuff. It was amazing. Uh, she got a fillet and lobster tail, which you know you, you eat fillets and you're like oh, okay. This was a fillet. It was a tender, just excellent fillet. Lobster was good. Um, we got this potatoes au gratin thing, which was almost two inches high and it looked like a little mini lasagna. <laughs> it was great. And some asparagus. And uh, we, we had a few cocktails, nice. but um, yeah, it was, it was very, it was a very good dinner. Uh, not cheap, but, but a very good. Well, if it was the best, dinner. I wouldn't expect it to be cheap, but that's fine. <laughs> no. And uh, yeah. And it was crazy. It was crazy down there because uh, uh, well, the, the day before, obviously a state game, um, but when we went down there Sunday, there was some some other thing going down around the area, so I I actually got the truck valley parked for like nine bucks, uh, so I didn't <laughs> nice. have to deal with it. <laughs> so I was cool with that. Honestly, what's your time worth at that point? Do you really want to walk in a iffy yeah. area just to find a decent parking spot? <laughs> yeah, and th- there was like no parking whatsoever. It was crazy. But, uh, but yeah, so did that. And then, uh, realistically, you know, just work throughout the week. Um, and then this weekend, uh, because Ashley also, uh, got Ohio state tickets, home tickets, uh, through work, uh, through her work, we are, she sold the Notre Dame tickets. I wasn't, you know, we had stuff to do. And we're selling the Michigan tickets because I'm not interested in that atmosphere. That would be a madhouse. Yeah. But we are we are going to see the Arkansas game tomorrow. And That'll then be fun. Cool. probably not the next week, which is Toledo, but definitely going for the Wisconsin game. Yeah. Yeah, that'll definitely be the best. That'll probably be the highlight, I'd imagine, of the I, season. I would say so. But uh, so, yeah, I'll be down there uh, for the noon game and then we're probably going to jump to brew dog and, you know, just uh, have a have a bit of a fun weekend. Nice. Uh, speaking of uh, brew dog, not particularly brew dog, but just IPAs and whatnot. Have you tried Heart State? I have not. OK, I don't know if they're new, but they kind of uh, have been popping up at local restaurants on Ooh. tap and whatnot. We kind of. uh made up for being in the car for almost three hours by having a really nice uh dinner we went to uh kenyan inn and i got a nice uh roasted duck with a fig sauce nice good crust on it and cool some good veggies but uh, i tried a heart state ipa and a heart state uh shandy and they're really good highly recommend trying it out sometime not sure who sells them okay i know it's a local but i don't know who sells them? Obviously, there's a couple places near me that stock pretty much everything, but you might have to go to, like, Meyer or something near you to Looks like it. it's in Gehanna. Gehanna? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Looks yeah. like they're out of Gehanna. I wonder if it would have uh, the same setup as BrewDog. Maybe be worth checking out. It might. Yeah, it might. I'll have to look into that. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe sometime. That'd be cool. Um, so, yeah, very, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, always good. Always good to get a nice, uh, nice dinner in there for sure. So yeah, we also got Browns. Browns coming up. Really excited about that, huh? 
Yeah, I do want to go again this year. We should plan that out. We're dragging well, Dad along this time. He will, he will kicking and screaming. He'll still not come. Yeah, we we do. We need to. We need to. Yeah, we'll talk about that later for sure. But so after about a half hour of no Star Wars, you ready to talk some Star Wars? <laughs> no, I'm ready to talk about. Let's see. We already covered Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. You want to do some Star Trek now? <laughs> well, uh, sure. Star Trek Day was yesterday. I wasn't. I'll be it honest. And this isn't like me saying I never wanted to be a fan or anything. I just legitimately never took the time to dive into it. I don't. I'm not one of those Star Wars fans that thinks that Trek is trash. But I am considering plunging into Star Trek. I just don't know how much time I can devote to it. Personally, I think that you would like Deep Space Nine. Okay. I think you would like Deep Space Nine. Like, Next Gen is fantastic, obviously. Like, the original series has its charm. Um, I was never a big fan of Voyager, but I know that there are a lot of people who really like Voyager. Enterprise was a a good show. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. Enterprise. Um, And then, obviously, now there's, like, Discovery, which I can't really recommend all that much. Uh, There's the cartoons, and then Strange New Worlds is really good. The first season, and we're going into the second season. But Deep Space Nine was fun because, you know, we're talking about the early mid 90s and, mm-hmm. you know, they had. Uh, let me. Because I, I never I never remember uh, names. Avery Brooks, who played Ben Sisko, who's starts off, he's a commander. Uh, they send him out to the space station, really troubled guy. His wife was killed, uh, when the Borg attacked and, uh, he's got a young son and he's shipped off to this station in the middle of nowhere to command it. Eventually he rises through the ranks and he's very important, but they tackle a lot of social issues very tastefully. And I think Avery Brooks is, is an amazing actor. His inflection is hilarious. Sometimes, there's one particular scene where he's um, he's basically recording a personal log, trying to kind of justify what happens in war. And mm-hmm. he sort of breaks the fourth wall in a way at one point. He just kind of looks directly into the camera. And he's, he's basically debating if he wants to delete this log or not. Yeah. And it, it, this is just where his inflection comes up, because it's almost Kirk-esque in a way. He's like, right. I can live with it. I can live with it <laughs> and and he's got such a deep really deep great voice but they they tackle a lot of uh just social issues really really well it's it's a very diverse cast of a lot of different cool characters and everything and they bring Worf in from next gen and um it's a it's a very cool show and it's a lot of seasons too so you can really just span <laughs> would that be a decent jumping off point you wouldn't be like lost with the lore and everything uh to be honest you could start any of the series and and it's all its own kind of bubble within everything if you if you really just wanted to start start off though i mean next next gen is a great place too but i just think you would like ds9 probably out of all of them i think you'd like that one the best yeah, maybe I'll get an episode of that, an episode of uh, Rings of Power in before the next 
episode so we can discuss that a bit. There you go. And it does take a little bit of time to get it running. I mean, I would say it really hits its stride kind of mid season one and then season two on. It's just, it's, it's really good television. So right on. Well, now we should probably go ahead and talk about Star Wars. Yeah, so our actual <laughs> subject today is the book Catalyst, which is a Rogue One tie-in novel um, published on November 15th, 2016, so day after my birthday. And this was effectively to kind of fill in some gaps for a movie that everybody really seemed to like, give a little bit more detail of uh, Galen and, and Lyra Urso and their child, young child, uh, Jen Urso. Uh, we get to hear a little bit more of Orson Krennic and uh, Tarkin as well. Tarkin makes, a, uh, makes an ap- uh, appearance in this book. And we get to see a little bit of the earliest stages of the rebellion, very fledgling, uh, little, uh, still happy and hopeful Saul Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting too. And I, and I think one of the cool things is it's like literally this book is right as the, the clone wars are kind of getting towards the end and how as a citizen of the, of the, you know, former Republic and then empire, how you could just say it's not that bad. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. there were lines in the book where, yeah, I hope the emperor, you know, just like doesn't take such a strong hand on stuff. It's like and that that would have probably <laughs> been how people would think, because it's like, well, look, yeah, well, yeah we, everything we is remember so Palps, filtered, you know. But but the thing is, is they remember Palpatine as being this charismatic guy, rose through the ranks, Naboo, that whole tragedy um, it, at, the, the whole blockade of Naboo and everything. And then. You know, the former queen and Senator Padme, you know, she dies at the end of Empire or uh, Revenge of uh, uh, Episode Three. Uh, Revenge of the Revenge Sith. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I started to say it and I was like, Bleh. Um <laughs> And so, like, you, you can have sympathy for Palpatine as an a- average person because it's like, yeah, he's not a bad guy. You learn over time. He is a bad guy. But this is like yeah, very thought- early on. Yeah, I found it kind of interesting how, one, they transitioned from the era, essentially, you know, kind of right after Order 66 without really mentioning that all that much, kind of making it subtle for once, which, not that Order 66 isn't amazing to talk about, but it's kind of nice to not have it as a focal point. And when they bring up the Jedi, instead of obsessing about it, they basically just wave it off as, well, come on, you saw what they did to Palpatine, and it's Palpatine, so you can't side with them. Yes, and you do. You see, you really do see how his plan was really so perfect. You know, you, you got to see how his plan really worked out on the masses. And mm-hmm. if you're going to control anything, you have to control the masses, and he did. He did in the early stages, and I think that that's an important thing to bring up. Yeah, and it's also really cool to kind of see the evil seeds being sowed even in the age of the Republic, you know, obviously yep. dealing with Masamita, yep. uh, Orson Krennic, and Tarkin being so ruthless. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of just take it as, oh, the Republic was an amazing thing, and then just divide that to split that from the empire it's like oh they went bad all at once like no 
there was actually a lot of laziness and complacency within both the Senate yep. and the military that allowed forces like Tarkin or Synchronic, Masamita to weasel their way in with little effort put into disguising how vile they really were and get a foothold that ultimately almost caused as much destruction as both Vader and Palpatine did. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the Imperial War Machine did more damage overall uh, because it, it effectively rewarded ambitious people, ambitious, heartless people, and the the evil that you can do if you're ambitious enough can be fairly evident. I mean, just look at Ors- Orson Krennic. Um, but we kind of start our story with, with Galen and Lyra, who are on vault, uh, basically, he's just a researcher for uh, what was uh, I actually pulled this up? Zerpin, Zerpin Industries. Mm-hmm. Um, who totally was, sounds like something from like Ratchet and Clank. It really does. <laughs> now Zerpin kind of is not really like overly described here, but essentially they're selling to both sides. Very yeah. typical, and 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 Volt is definitely a flip. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could call it compare it to like a flip state. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the whole planet just switches sides on a whim, and they even have characters' comments like, "Yeah, just wait it out." Yeah, they'll switch sides again, and then you'll be fine. Exactly. So we really jump in here where Galen and, and Lyra are captured by the government, the new government of this planet, uh, who have uh, basically taken separatist uh, assurances that everything's going to be cool. And, um, they're not tortured, they're separated, but they're, they're not mistreated necessarily. The, the planet actually kind of likes them, the, the people within there, the, you know, they, they, they don't hate them. And even giving them over to the empire or excuse me, the separatists really wasn't what they wanted to do. Um, and then we sort of get, you know, Orson Krennic coming through and, uh, playing the rescue and we learn that Orson Krennic and Galen Erso were in, what was it, the Futures program? Uh, the Future Stars of the Republic or yeah. something along those lines. So they, they've been friends for mm-hmm. a number of years, and Lyra never understood why, but I, I think it's because they're so opposite. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of talk about almost a brotherly bond of protection i mean Mm. orson actually really defended and protected galen in his younger years when he was more unsure of himself a little more uh meek and easily pushed around it's kind of sad in a way because orson didn't necessarily start out as a bad guy very ambitious and a bit manipulative but ultimately you know in the environment he had where he was able to thrive it kind of tainted him and it was kind of sad to see how that destroyed their friendship over the course of the book. Yeah, I mean, but we've we've seen um, we've seen how the empire poisons relatively benign people. Uh, Governor Price, for one, Alinda yeah. Price, was a keen example um, because she wasn't evil to start out, but when she figured out how the empire works and wanted more, which is very typical for most people. Um, she took advantage and she became evil just like Krennic did. 
And I think you you really see the hard turn of Krennic in this book, but I genuinely think Krennic probably would have thought of Galen as a friend. And there was even a part, it's no surprise, but Galen and, and Lyra and Jen escape at the end of the book. And that's when we find them in hiding when we get to Rogue One. But he kind of like yells out Galen's name. He's kind of like, Galen! And the thing is, is like, I actually don't think that Krennic really wanted him to leave. I think he genuinely wanted them to work together, but Krennic's so controlling and probably mildly psychotic that it always has to be on his terms. But I do truly think that he, he really counted Galen as a friend, as weird as it sounds. Yeah, and ironically enough, I think that if he could have forged a better relationship with Lyra, he could have potentially even kind of turn them over to the empire because Galen by the end of this book has kind of lost himself in his research and his moral compass has kind of really gone askew and Lyra is really the only thing that brings him back and part of the reason she's able to do that is Orson kind of showing his hand by you know treating her poorly trying to get rid of her at all times and it it really is it, it does show the the side of Orson where he's really really childish because he he looks at Galen as like maybe one of his only friends and he's so protective that he looks at his partner as a threat instead of you know potentially being like a sister to him yeah and he kind of sowed the seeds of his own failure in the way he treated Lyra yeah agreed um I think I think you know I would also say that one of the turning points, yes, Lyra, huge part, but I also think Jin is as well was a yes. was a big was a big turner for him uh, too. And I don't know, man, it, it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult when you really look at your family and what you're doing is affecting them uh, to that extent, and you're not paying attention you're, you're seeing that you're not you're missing things and that can be a very very big motivator to get you turned back to another path and, and eventually it does but um, yeah, i would say that uh, galen's character arc is probably one of the most fleshed out we've seen for a very very long time in star wars and i'm really interested in to rewatch rogue one after reading this because mm-hmm. i feel like i'll get a much better view of him as a person person and it'll probably be a little more tragic to see how many people condemn him for his actions right when ultimately you could you could argue that he was a bit naive and uh too trusting obviously you could but they also kind of explain that in his mentality he's very uh one-track-minded, he's... He's an academic. Focused on logic, he's an academic. He doesn't understand, really, the concept of betrayal, and, you know, he's very fiercely loyal to the people around him. And he just, throughout the book, he keeps saying, I don't see how Orson could do that after what he's done for us. You know, he's very loyal to the people around him, and he's it just probably one of the most interesting characters we've gotten in the past six, seven years in star Wars. Yeah. I, I really, I really enjoyed it as well. It was just, um, kind of a, a weird breath of fresh air, I think for me, uh, all around now, 
once we leave vault, um, you know, we, we do bring back to Coruscant. There's a lot of planet hopping, but essentially Krennic is in the process of building the Death Star that was envisioned by the Geonosians. And mm-hmm. we have, uh, uh, was it Poggle? Who just completely... <laughs> Poggle's interesting. He just screws Orson over so perfectly. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 one thing though, it, we do we do know that you know basically Vader takes out the separatist you know generals yeah. and everything. But yeah, Poggle basically he makes a deal. Hey, you can use my drones, uh, my people to build your parts of the Death Star. Give us work. And I kind of wonder if Orson would have like given them more like. Uh, critical stuff to do if Poggle would have went back to the Separatists. But I don't know. Yeah, they uh, they definitely open up a lot of lore for the Geonosian yeah. people that I don't know if I necessarily wanted, but I did actually appreciate. They have an interesting culture, mm-hmm. very barbaric and simplistic, but uh, it was kind of cool to see everything kind of devolve into yeah. chaos thanks to Poggle and just how those uh, the species is. But, yeah, that's a good point. I feel like if they had a little bit more intense work to do, they probably would have stuck with the Republic because ultimately yeah. they just see the Separatists as a better outlet for their aggression, yeah. I think, than the Republic. Absolutely. Um, but... You know, so we do kind of get we we see more of what Tarkin kind of points out in Rogue One. It's like Krennic, it, for as smart as he is, he doesn't always make the best moves. And the thing is, is that he had a lot of failures along the way, and it really does open up that yeah, Tarkin's totally gonna bend you over backwards because for as clever as you think you are, you mess up a lot. Like, yeah. Tarkin doesn't get lucky. Tarkin forges his own path to earn every victory he gets, which is why I actually (laughs) really like, and we need, I like Tarkin and we need to read the Tarkin book at some point. Absolutely. I definitely want to get that in. I've wanted to for a while because like, well, Wolf of Tarkin is a, is an enigmatic character in a lot of ways. Cause even in this book, do you, do you remember the part where I don't remember if he called, I think he's called by like that, that, that woman who's like something important. And it's like, Oh, we'll have dinner next time. It's like Tarkin, <laughs> you dog. Yeah. You're, you're get you're, you're, you got a little girlfriend out there. Um, <laughs> Cause it's un, almost unimaginable to think that Tarkin would, would waste time with something like that. Well, not just waste time, but anybody would want, like want to get close to Tarkin yeah. or he would let anybody get close to him. It's well, kind I mean, of crazy. We already know that he has a son and that has a pretty big uh, impact on his loyalty to the empire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is kind of weird. It's kind of like the whole uh, commentary behind why would anyone want to get with Palpatine to have a case kind of thing when we were thinking that, uh, he actually has his own lineage. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Tarkin's always been one of the most intriguing, mysterious characters in all of Star Wars. I mean, he is 
for all intents and purposes, the big baddie of A New Hope, because yep. he is literally the only person that Vader will take commands from without choking out. So yep. that alone, just the sheer fear and veracity of Vader and what he inspires in his people, the fact that Tarkin is able to control that just kind of lends to his character. Yeah, and, and, and obviously through this and quite a few other books, we get kind of a glimpse into their relationship, how it's kind of a back and forth yep. at one moment. Tarkin's leading in another Vader is. They both kind of hate each other, but respect each other in a way and understand yep. that they need each other to sur- uh, to survive and to succeed. Well, and we also see his irreverence towards uh, Masa Meda. Cause like, he was yeah. like, give me, give me troops, give me reinforcements. And it's like, are you talking to me like this? Yeah, by God. <laughs> and you're going to do it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's of course, looking back, Masamita would realize how stupid he is to mess with him. But then well, again, yeah, yeah, Orson yeah. would as well, seeing where Tarkin ends up. Well, with Krennic, it's, it's a level of arrogance. That's, that's pretty unparalleled. Like he, he is just an arrogant guy and he's one of those people who, you know, he goes through gifted programs, but he's not actually that gifted. He's just he manipulates the gifted. Yeah, he he he's <laughs> manipulative. But you know, you, you do have to give him some props. Yeah. Excuse me. Ugh. You have to give him some props because he's he does continue to raise uh throughout his career. Uh we even yeah. see the elevation from lieutenant commander to full commander. Um, and then eventually he'll be director, uh, Krennic, uh, once we get into Rogue One, but you just see how it all falls apart for him though. You see how easy it is to, for Tarkin to eventually come through and pick him apart. But you know, the, the thing about Tarkin is he's also still out there with his ship. He's still out there fighting battles. He's still clearing out, you know, any insurgency and so forth. So he's like busy. He's like doing things. He's not just sitting around. So anyway, yeah. speaking of like our, our insurgencies and everything, they really do time jumps well in this book. I feel like because they are almost seamless to the point where you get a lot further along than you probably should before you realize, Oh, this has been like a year or two. I feel like I know, the most obvious things that point that out are like when Tarkin talks about um, his campaigns or like the fact that Jin is now older. Yeah. <laughs> and before you get one of those two indicators, you don't realize that, you know, Oh, five years have passed almost. I know <laughs> it, it. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I really did enjoy about this book is just the, the seamless way that they transition time because I mean, we we literally uh, have a young, a young Jen or so, and then all of a sudden, she's like talking and stuff, and like yeah. she's she's like you know the kid in Rogue One who I don't, I don't remember how old she was supposed to be at that time. I think she was probably around seven or eight yeah, in probably. Rogue One. It's like a lot. It's a lot of time planet. has passed, and she's like she's asking everybody, "Hey, do you want to see what's in my backpack?" To you know, oh yeah, Uncle Saul's pretty cool guy, and that's another thing I appreciated. At the very end, they they had a chapter from Jen's perspective. I really like yeah. that part. Yeah, uh, the way that she perceives everything going on, just the simplicity of it, it's like, uh, 
mommy likes this person, so I yeah. like them. Or I lost all my toys because of the Empire. I was just waiting for it to be <laughs> yeah. like, so the Empire's bad. Yeah. I hate the Empire. <laughs> One day I'm going to go and mess them up. <laughs> I really, I, I, it, it was, it was a really, really nice touch there. Um, but anyway, so indirectly, Galen Urso is being used by Krennic to further the Death Star program, but under the guise that he's working on a, effectively an energy program for everyone, which is something that, and this was kind of another thing, weird thing with Krennic is that Galen comes to him and says, look, hey, I have a project. We could just like build a massive power station that everybody can use. Do you want to do it? And for a split second, Orson Krennic was thinking about it. He could leave yeah. the empire. He could leave the ambition behind and he could just him and his friend. And this is why I say his friend Galen Urso is because he considered it. He, I think he really did consider this. He obviously doesn't go for it. His training, they said this in the book, his training snaps back, but he was considering it. He was going to potentially do it. It would have yeah, been interesting it, if you did. It really, really makes you wonder how different things could have played out because, I mean, they make it very clear through this book and Rogue One, for that matter, there is no Death Star without Galen. Yes. Realistically, no one was going to figure this out. Not even his mentor could have come close to figuring out what he did. And his mentor is another amazing character, too. I really like the dynamic, even though we don't see a lot of her. I can't think of her name. Off I, top of I have head. her. I was just trying. Uh, Reva. Reva. Reva Demesny, something like that. She's a Mary Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting dynamic. Uh, did I say Mira? Is... It's Reva. No, you said Reva. Okay. I feel like for some I th- reason... I was trying like, to figure out if you were referring to her name or her species. Yeah. It's like, no, you said Reva, and Reva, she's a Mary who's a Mary Allen. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm tired. I might also have like what, a very, very, very minor last name? Cold. I thought they pronounced it like Domain or something. Well, what, it's, what it's, it? it's D-E-M-E-S-N-E. So I would say Domesny. Okay. Yeah, that'd be an odd silent S. So yeah. Maybe I was just thinking of that wrong. But yeah, really cool character. I love the uh, how comfortable her and Lyra are with each other Yeah, through their fun. bond with Galen. Um, she goes to her multiple times to try and figure things out. The only thing that's kind of disappointing is that we don't actually get, and I feel like it maybe might have been cut out of the book, but you know, kind of a a really good discussion with Galen and Reva about what's going on like after the revelation of what he had done i feel like mm. that could have been a really cool character to try and console him for his actions cuz she yeah. does essentially replace his mother um who passes away at a when he's very young along with his father a year and a half later i believe uh which actually really the the way they explained that and how it affected his outlook on life was really good yeah just, just everything that they did to build the character of galen was done very well it really was you know i would i would say that for as much as they did for galen i'm not really sure how much they really did for for lyra though i mean they kind lyra of explained almost... a little bit about her but not as much 
Lyra kind of is, she almost fell into the category of that one note character Disney was kind of making that, especially with her reverence towards the force, which I'm not knocking it, but I feel like they've really been pushing this uh, force as more of a religion thing. Yes. Since Disney took over, which is fine. I mean, obviously we have quite a few characters that that believe in the Force. Obviously, it's not something you can really argue with in this uh, galaxy. Um, We have... uh, Who is Luke's friend who helps him do a lot of research, who runs the, like, Temple of the Living Force or whatever it's called? He's killed off by Kylo at the beginning of... Oh, you're talking about... um... Force Awakens. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. The dude from that that one family that we, the family that we (laughs) hate. (laughs) Yeah, the the navigators. Um, Oh, Uh, boy. Kind of hard to even think about how to research him other than just the guy that Kylo kills at the beginning of that movie. Um, I'm, 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 I'm drawing a blank on even the last name. Lorsenteca. Yeah, Lorsenteca. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we have characters that are done uh, well that have a reverence towards the Force without the ability to use it, but I feel like it kind of enveloped too much of what she was as a character, who she was as a character. Fair. Um, they tried to dial that back a little bit with just her uh, her interest in nature in general, and, you know, I, I feel like when they did the flashback of her her first six months of knowing Galen and kind of explaining how the relationship blossomed. That really did a lot to flesh out the character, but they certainly could have given her another chapter or two, I think. I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think you're right on that, on that accord. hundred percent. Um, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's continue a little bit with the story. Um, so Galen is occupied. Mira, or Lyra, excuse me. Lyra, <laughs> it, yes, see, yeah, I'm, I'm already messing it up. So Lyra is going, going out sort of on her own little adventure, really at, at Orson Krennic's sort of request, which I think was sort of funny. Um, and... She, by the way, we haven't even talked about the character yet. Haas, Haas, yeah. Obit, um, who, who is one of our ET species, the the Dresselians. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like Haas. He's a he's a cool character. Well, Haas is interesting. He he's you know he helps Saul Guerrera um, in the Salient system. He initially was just a smuggler that Krennic kind of plucked uh, from the ether and didn't want to be a part of it and was and, and kind of worked with worked for Krennic and then eventually kind of kind of in a way f- tries to fight back, I suppose. And he is captured by Tarkin when Tarkin mm-hmm. launches a, an attack on the salient system and is able to sort of 
be like a like a triple agent, like a fake double agent of it, sorts. It's it's. I kinda, don't know if you'd even call him a triple agent because he's not really helping the rebellion anymore, but he's not hurting the rebellion, I suppose. So. Correct. Yeah. Cause, he, he, cause yeah. He's not really hurting he, it, but he's he's not he's not working for Tarkin. He's feeding false information, and actually through him is how Galen, Lyra, and Jen through Saul Guerrera get off the planet. Which yeah. is which so is you really great. could argue that without him we don't have Jin being able to deliver the plans and we yep. have no a new hope at that point. So very pivotal character, um, very reluctant character, almost like uh, Han Solo on steroids in a way, with a lesser part to play. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good analogy. He is he is kind of like a Han, just not quite as as dapper, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, he just he didn't is. have a woman to fall in love with to help. Oh man, he didn't have <laughs> he gets a his, woman. His uh, he gets his waitress. But see, that's the, the yeah, that's the thing at the at the I end. I kind of like his ending. <laughs> I like that. I it's cheesy as hell. But he's like, yeah, you want to get out of here, darling? I thought you'd I never. Be, ask. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, and then they walked off into the moonlight to find new horizons. Until Tarkin realized that he was lying and then probably killed him. Because <laughs> you know he can find him easily. It's like, I will find you and I will kill you. I wonder if like he was just hiding off on the same planet, like maybe an acre or two down the way from Galen in Rogue One. Just like, hey, I'm going to hide here too, guys. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, here here's a little tidbit thing just from from Wikipedia. Jen Erso later has a toy doll named Lucky has Ob Oblobit. So she 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 sort of mispronounces That's the name hilarious. as a kid. So she has a little <laughs> little uh little has uh has toy. That's fun. Is uh, that like one of the things she's referring to when she that says that she lost actually. all her toys? Yeah, that might Or is it be. something from Rogue One? Does she have a toy with her in Rogue One? I think she does. Gosh, I don't know. That'd be I, hilarious. That'd be pretty cool if that was what the toy was. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. I did. I, I like yeah. the character. I like the arc. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, what else do we have to talk about here? Because we, we, we've got we've got the research. We have Krennic kind of turning. We've got Hass turning. We've got Tarkin doing Tarkin stuff. We've got Galen uh, and family getting away at the end of the book, going to the planet that they eventually settle in, and you know, kind of the the cute little Jin chapter. So, is there, is there anything else we need to particularly uh, talk about um, at this point? No, I mean, I think we kind of hit on all the major points in the book. Okay. Well then, uh, how about we go ahead and uh, just get to ratings? You want to go ahead and give it a rating and uh, a reason why? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'll give the reason why first. Just change it up a little bit. This has been not that this is the reason, really, but just a little extra. This has been the first really, really good book we have reviewed in an extremely long time, save for like New Jedi Order stuff. <laughs> And I'm not trying to be negative, but it has been a long time since the book has gripped me this much. I listened to it twice, and I wasn't dreading the second time listening to it. Um, it makes me want to watch Rogue One as soon as we get done with the podcast. <laughs> it makes me want to do it just 
because I know I'm going to look at all these characters so differently now. Even Saw Gerrera, which we kind of have a bit of a a love-hate relationship with. I mean, he's he's really interesting in Rogue One, but they don't do a great job throughout Star Wars of depicting him as a character other than just like little one-off scenes and like Clone Wars and whatnot. But um, the way they develop some lesser-known characters in this book was extremely well done, uh, especially with Galen and Orson. Um, you really get a deep dive into their psyche and why they made the decisions they made. Uh, you get a really great character profile on both Masamita and Tarkin in this book, um, which the more Tarkin, the better. I don't really think anything really ruins Tarkin. I don't. Yeah. I can't think of a media that's portrayed him poorly, but I think that they excel in this book in uh, portraying him as the badass that he really is. Mm-hmm almost like an unsung hero in a way in the book. It's really weird because he's not, not like set up to be evil. It's like, well, he's kind of fighting the guy who's clearly evil in this book, so I like him more as a person okay. <laughs> from a morality yeah. standpoint. Yeah. Um, we have a really good look into the brainwashing of the Imperial people. Yeah. Um, how closed off they are. It almost kind of Seems like a 50s vibe where literally the only way you'd get any information is through news media outlets because, you know, age before the internet, we can't just look up a random uh, iPhone video in the wrong <laughs> orientation <laughs> exposing the Empire yep. for their evil misdeeds. Um, yeah, I mean... I can't really even think of any negative points in this book. I just loved it from start to finish. So I'm probably going to rate this way too high, but I've <laughs> been so that. negative lately that I don't really care. I'm going to rate this at a 4.8 out of 5. Oh, my God. Stoneham. Stoneham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just really can't think of anything that knocks it down, to be honest, other than, you know, we had mentioned Lyra being a little underdeveloped, but I'm still okay with it, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that, I think that's all fair. Um, Goodreads out of 16,551 ratings, 3.74. Wow. A lot of three star reviews um, here that I'm seeing a lot of threes and fours. And it really it really feels like a lot of these are i suppose more like i watched rogue one i wanted more but i didn't really quite want this it's like they're coming off the high of rogue one I read a prequel and didn't enjoy the fact that it was a prequel. <laughs> yeah, and like there like I'm just running through comments. Um you know, like this guy points out, I think it does help show the relationship between Krennic and Galen and Krennic and Tarkin. I think that's that's great. Where he goes wrong is he thinks Lyra is a highlight. <laughs> it's like I like Lyra, she just wasn't as big. Um 
I don't I don't know. It, it's so legitimate reviews just they wanted something different essentially. I think this not part, like a bunch of stupid nonsense. <laughs> yeah, so this guy gave it a 3 star but wound up coming back and heavily editing his comment but apparently couldn't edit his stars cuz like he writes a freaking book. Uh, there was a one star. Ooh, one star. Author makes fatal mistake that he assumes we know his character is already and are invested in their struggle. Well, no, you wouldn't. This is no. where you get invested in it. No, that would be more. You could argue that more of Rogue One than yeah. you could this. Well, yeah, it's this is where you lay the groundwork. It's I don't know. It's funny. Um, wasn't I really quite what I thought it would you... be. Uh. They literally go back and forth and explain every bit of Galen's life at some point. Like, everything. So th- this comment says, it wasn't the action-packed saga that we're all used to with Star Wars books. It's like, what? Uh, there are a lot of non-action-packed Star Wars this books. This person hasn't seen series. Rogue One yet. I feel <laughs> like a lot of the people that did this hadn't watched Rogue One yet, and... I don't know why that would change your opinion or maybe it would. I don't know, but we, we've seen rogue one. We like rogue one. So anyway, um, Amazon's significantly higher four and a half out of five out of almost 2000 ratings. So here's what I'll say about catalyst. Yeah, we've been, we've been terribly, um, negative about our reviews lately because a lot of the stuff we've been reading hasn't been overly great. Um, more trying to prove a point than actually tell a story, which is very difficult for me because I want to hear a story. I highly enjoyed this book. I highly enjoyed everything about it because it really made me care more about the characters that were in it, including Galen, who, you know, has a fantastic actor (laughs) playing, Mm -hmm. playing Galen. And I I can't, you know, that is a big win, but you know, and even Jonathan Davis, by the way, who is the one who read the book, who I, I do like, I wish we'd see a little bit more of now. He did a lot and then kind of dropped off, but I'd like to see more. But um, he did a great job of pulling that inflection, that vocal inflection that we got. Yeah, especially with Krennic. Yes, I, I think he did a great job. And and the audiobook do, I think, definitely does do a service to the physical book. But I, I just, I really had a really fantastic time. Uh, listening to the book and 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 just going through this story about these characters that I have uh, that I you know kind of wanted to know more about and I and I think it laid a great story out. I don't think I need more. Like I don't feel like I need more. I I think that it was paced fine. I I I just I don't really have much, if anything, to complain about aside from you know like we both said the obvious fact that we kind of wish that Lyra were fleshed out a little bit more. I mean, she was cool, but it's just like, I don't think that I got the emotional attachment that I did with the other characters. And that's, that just is what it is. But, um, I had a good time with the book. I don't know if I'm really ready to go a 7.8 necessarily. Um, or a 7.8, a 4.8, excuse me. I'm, you made that mistake last week, so I've got to make it this week. (laughs) So I would hope you could at least give it a 7.8 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so too. So I'm going to go ahead and rate this a 4.6 out of five. And I, okay. and I'm, I'll be pretty happy with that. So overall 
good book. And, and yeah. uh, well, one more thing reading. to, th- yeah, one more thing to throw out before we leave. Did you notice how easily this book could have been a grandstand on why you shouldn't choose a side in a war? How <laughs> easily we could have gotten thrown into that kind of yeah. story? Yes. I just want to point out that that's one of the things that makes me appreciate the book more because we didn't get the yes. political grandstand. <laughs> yeah, and and Star Wars can be very political, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't in that vein. It wasn't in that vein at all. So yeah, I I agree. That's a good good launcher there. So All right. Well, folks, hopefully you enjoyed the episode here and hopefully you read this book. If you haven't read the book and then come back and listen or listen and then read the book or I don't know, do whatever the hell you want. It's fine. I don't I don't I'm not here to tell you what to do. But what you should be doing is uh, making sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook at TC Plan Podcast. Make sure to uh, interact there. You can even just send us an email with any of your thoughts on episodes or things coming up to tcplanpodcast.gmail.com. We would actually like hearing from you. But um, I think that that is it from us. So y'all have a good rest of your week. And as always, may the force be with you.